Hello and welcome to the Infertility Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Candice. Grab a biscuit because we've got the tea on all things infertility. If you'd like to stay up to date with our story, follow me on Instagram at Operation Baby Bump. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, Operation Baby Bump. To get connected with others going through infertility, you can join the forums on theinfertility.com. This is a community resource created for infertiles by infertiles. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate us and leave us a cheeky little review. Hey guys, welcome to episode 14. Hello, episode 14. Episode 14. Speaking of, we have decided that this is going to be our last episode ever (laughs) not ever (laughs) um we're going to make a second season of the infertility podcast this is news to me it's not it's not (laughs) we just talked about it um the reason is is i want to make sure that this podcast is useful and relevant And I don't want to just put out episodes just to make a bunch of episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want people to sit around and listen to episodes that really are not relevant to them. Yeah. Um, So we are going to be back in June with season two. Good. And in that time, I'm going to work on some ideas, fresh content, things that I think are relevant, things that I think are going to be useful and helpful. And um, I do hope that you guys will help us with that. What do you want to hear? What helps you, um, I guess, navigate through this crap um, that that we're all going through? Yeah. Yeah. The waiting, the wondering, will it ever happen for us? The envy. The The envy, the jealousy, the bitterness i mean what what helps you cope with that Mm -hmm. so message us um you can slide into my dms at operation (laughs) baby bump um on instagram or you can email us at the van wades at gmail.com good job getting that email by the way yeah great job today's episode i wanted to talk about self-care what do you mean by self-care self-care is something that you do for yourself to take care of yourself i get it this is um (laughs) I don't want to say a new age concept, but it is something that is becoming more and more people are starting to pay more and more attention to Mm -hmm. their stress levels and things. Um, I think we all get in these routines of work and school or marriage and household and and work and um, extracurriculars and we can forget to take care of ourselves i am guilty of that yeah when we first decided to do ivf i was so excited excited were you yeah i mean i knew it would come with challenges but i felt like we were close to being parents yeah that's true and that it was just gonna work the first time (laughs) i I remember talking to someone and I was like, it's going to work, right? Like, why wouldn't it work? Yeah. We're healthy. But that's, it's also like the doctor's fault, the, the, the clinic, right? Because they sell you a dream. Yeah. Like they're, they're so overly positive. But I think people should be excited about the prospect of getting pregnant. Absolutely. Because 
you know, when you're dealing with infertility, you come to a place where you're seeking that Mm -hmm. fertility help. And so you've kind of resigned yourself to the fact that it's not going to happen on your own. So when you roll up in the doctor's office and they're like, oh, we can help you with this. You get excited because you're like, wow, we're so close to being pregnant. We're so close to being parents. But under promise and quite literally over deliver a child. I will say our clinic was very positive. Like we were, we're basically a shoe in because we were both healthy, Mm -hmm. um, you know, relatively young. Yeah, there was really nothing wrong with us, so they Both weren't worried. Both strong six out of tens yeah. in looks. So exactly, it, you know. two and a half years later. <laughs> Man, I'm a three. And they've done nothing for us. <laughs> and I'm a three. Yeah, so, um, but I had really unrealistic expectations going into IVF. That's I just, not like you. Excuse me? Unrealistic expectations? I think I'm a pretty realistic person. No, you're very realistic, but you also set amazingly tough goals for yourself. Like, even I think when it's that's out of your control. a little bit different, though. Yeah. But with IVF, I think I just felt like it was science. It was mm-hmm. going to work. There was no yeah. way it wasn't going to work for us. I was the same. Yeah. But I just felt like we had a really good chance. Mm-hmm. So when going through IVF, I was not prepared mm-hmm. for what my body was actually going to go through. Um, yeah. I, I really wasn't prepared for what my mind was going to go through. I think I found that harder yeah. than I ever realized it, it would actually be. Yeah. I would say I've seen you live a lifetime of emotion in the past two years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. Pretty much. I mean, we talk about, you know, emotional roller coaster. Yeah. But it definitely is that because you're not prepared for the no. turn. Mm-mm. You know, you're turning the corner and you're not prepared for that drop. Yeah. You're not prepared for it to go wrong. You're not prepared. It, it becomes not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the financial burden as well. The like, financial burden. That That's the one that you can never be overly excited because you know that there's always going to be another bill around the corner. So. Right. And when things are not working. Yeah. And <laughs> the bills keep coming. Keep coming. There's no relief. And you're like sitting there going... Well, I could have bought a house with this. Right. What we've done, we've come so far. Like, Mm -hmm. are we not going to pay more money to see it through? So those are things that I know you and I didn't expect that, you know, we sold our house and paid for our first round of IVF. And we were like, so, you know, we had our feathers all fluffed up that we (laughs) weren't going to be in debt over this. Yeah. And then, of course, that didn't work out. And we had to take out a loan to do the second and third round and that was not something we expected to do yeah so not to go too much into it but I think even right now I hold a lot of ill will towards that clinic just from what we've had happen since yeah it's been a long time there if it was a guy I would have punched him in the mouth (laughs) Yeah, we've been there a long time and they still have not gotten us pregnant. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when going through fertility treatments, one of the most important things to do is take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was prepared for that. I think I thought it would just be a process and that I would work through the process and I'm really good at coping well with things. I think 
organized tasks. You're yeah, well. exactly. I'm yeah. really good with processes. Uh-huh. And so moving from one thing to the next to the next and doing things that they're telling me to do, I wasn't considering mm-hmm. how things might affect me until they really affected me in a negative way. Until we were a year, a year and a half in and things were really tough. Okay, I've got 10 things that I think might be great for you guys to start incorporating into your fertility treatments. Whether you're doing IUI, whether you're on Clomid, whether you're trying naturally. So here we go. Number one, get good sleep. Ooh, that's a good one. Sleep is life. Yes, quite the polar opposite, but um, I totally agree. There's nothing better than snuggling up with the TV on with your dogs all surrounding you. Yeah. Watching a nice Lifetime movie and eating junk food. And stress, like the stress of fertility treatments, really can affect your sleep. Yeah. And when you don't sleep well, you have a poor day the next day. It also impacts your health in terms of like egg quality. Exactly. So when you're stressing about doctor's appointments the next day, that can cause anxiety. That can cause you to not sleep very well. I've been there a hundred times. And then it throws your day off the next day. And then it throws your sleep off the next night. So it's a cycle. Horrible cycle. So sleep is one of those greatest things. It's good for your health. It's good for your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, It's good for your mental health. So get good sleep. Napping is great too. So if you have the opportunity to take naps, do that. Here's a question for you. Um, Growing up, we always used to say that we were going to have a power nap. Have you ever heard that expression? Yeah, it's like a 10-minute nap. Yeah, like a 10, 15-minute blitz nap. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Are they good? Yeah. A nice blitz nap? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really good for you. So if you're at work and you need to lay your head down, do it. Yeah. Can I tell you a story about working and taking a nap? Go on. When I was about 21, 22, I was a realtor, a real estate agent for my English listeners. And um, I used to have to do this thing where I would go out and deliver flyers. So you'd like, you put them through people's doors that said, would you like to sell your home? Anyway, what I'd do is take about a hundred of those flyers and then just go drive down to the beach and take a nap (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) By the time it got to like the end of the month, I had maybe a thousand of those flyers just sitting in the back of my car. Classy. Yeah, it was, it was great. But tell you what, beautiful nap. Yeah. Being paid to nap, is there anything better? I don't know. I'll try it tomorrow. Yes, do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If my boss is listening, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't already have a consistent sleep schedule, get into one. Mm-hmm. So if you're a night owl like Daniel and I, we mm-hmm. like to stay up late. But when I have work the next day, I make myself go to bed at 10 o'clock. I have to. Yeah, you will Otherwise, I'm screwed the yeah. next day. 10 o'clock or else you were so bad at that years ago and like the past year you've been so good at just being like 10 o'clock's my bedtime i know like I we were binge watching well, and the i'm office. getting old hey, i'm, getting I'm old. yes i'm getting older now and that makes it more difficult to actually operate you know during the yeah. day yeah because i'm just tired during I, the day i get that it's monotonous so if i don't go to bed at 10 I just, I can't function. What I felt thought was really impressive was when we were binge watching The Office and it would get to 10 o'clock and I'd be like, come on, one more episode. 
and you were so stern. You're a bad you're, influence. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. But you really did stop watching at 10, and I went to bed like a crack fiend. Like, I just want one more episode. <laughs> Give me one more, Jim. Yeah. But no, you got to be committed. You have yeah, to be committed true. because you know that it's a routine. Mm-hmm. It's something you're doing for yourself. Also, you should make your bedroom more zen because... What do you mean by that? Well, you should allow your bedroom to be a place where you can fall asleep, mm-hmm. unwind, get comfortable, yeah. and have a good night's sleep. So if your bedroom is like a mattress on the floor, that's probably not promoting like yeah, that doesn't sound a very good. zen environment. Yeah. So you can tell your husband I said... That you're allowed to go get you some beautiful bedding, paint an accent wall, you know, do something nice for your bedroom. Buy a new mattress. Buy a new mattress. That was we a did big that one not for too us. long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and was it was a year ago. Oh yeah, it was Might like last March. Ago. We funny story. We went out with a budget of like less than a thousand dollars. You can't like, get a mattress for less. Yes, you can. Easily. On the side of the road. No. In those stores, like they have mattresses. I was like, let's try and spend less than a grand. We ended up buying the Beauty Rest. What is it? Black, Black or something. Because once you laid on their mattress, on that mattress, there was no going anywhere else. Yeah. I it, mean, we we had a really nice mattress before. Yeah. And it was pretty old and it was starting to get holes in the shapes of our bodies. Yeah, it had seen some things. <laughs> and, 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 um, <laughs> and so we were like, it's time. Um, but I was trying to find something that was the closest to the mattress that we had. And that was literally the closest. And it's even more comfortable. It's, it's like a yeah. cloud. It's incredible. But yeah, invest in a good mattress. Yeah. If you haven't already. You spend a third of your life sleeping. So you might as well do it comfortably. That's right. Okay, let's move on to number two. Be lazy. This is one of my favorite self-care things to do. (laughs) It's okay to do absolutely nothing. Yes. It really is. Um, I did a lot of nothing during fertility treatments, and sometimes you just need to do something mindless. Um, Maybe do nothing three days in a row. That's okay. watch TV. Watch TV. Color in a coloring book. Do puzzles flip through the internet on your phone just turn it off like be lazy if you want it's okay don't feel like cooking don't Don't. order takeout don't feel like it don't do it yeah being lazy is healthy in moderation when you're balancing the laziness with productiveness so don't worry I believe it's productivity yeah I know just that (laughs) (laughs) I like productiveness yeah productiveness productivity Tomato, tomato. Tomato. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number three. Don't forget about your general health. Okay? You know, you're putting your body, you know, you're focused, you're so focused on your reproductive system that you focus too much about, okay, let me take this for egg quality. Let me Mm -hmm. take this for, you know, sperm. Let me take this, 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 and this. Take your multivitamins. You know, I'm sure you're taking a prenatal vitamin, but make sure it's got all the good things in it. Yeah. Take probiotics. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the other supplements that you need for your reproductive health. Um, but these are like in the background of keeping yourself generally well. Mm-hmm. Because this 
whole fertility treatment process can really make you feel like crap a lot of the time. So keep your immune system up, take your vitamin C, you're putting your bodies through a lot of treatments, a lot of medications, and you got to make sure that immune system is strong to withstand. Now, when I was doing fertility treatments, my immune system was crap. Of course, I didn't know I had endometriosis, um, which can affect your immune system. And I do have immune issues. Eat things that make you feel good. If that's a salad, great. But if that's a milkshake, do it. better. (laughs) You know, these are just things that are going to make you feel good. Yeah. I won't preach about healthy eating because I... Well, we're not the poster children for that. No. I mean, I try to eat balanced, I would say. You do. You Um, do a good job of that. I will try to eat a salad here. And if I've had, like, meat every meal of the day, I'll try to, like, eat something (laughs) vegetables-wise. Vegetables. I'm struggling with words tonight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What you eat will affect your body in a big way. Yeah. And I put on a lot of weight during fertility treatments. I probably put on 20 pounds from the time we first started to now. Yeah. Just because I was practicing a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about, like being lazy. I didn't have it in me to cook, um, so I never did. I probably could count on two hands the amount of times I've cooked in the past two years. And yep. one of those would include probably Thanksgiving twice. <laughs> yeah. Christmas, maybe. But again, I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up about that. No, no, it no, is no, what no. it is. Yeah. Another thing about food is if you're struggling with things like anxiety or depression during treatment, certain foods can exacerbate those symptoms. Heavy foods can make you feel even more lethargic or tired, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so just pay attention to the way you're feeling mm-hmm. and go with it. When we first started with our first doctor at our clinic, I was like, should I be taking supplements? Should yeah. I get a nutritionist? And he was like, no, no, just take a prenatal. That's all you need. Like you don't need anything. It's all mumbo jumbo. Yeah. It's all hogwash. Hogwash. Ugh. Yeah. That's a word he used a lot. Um, Pseudoscience. And it's funny because I actually see other women on my Instagram who Mm -hmm. talk about the fact that their doctors also say to just take a prenatal and not take supplements. Yeah. So we're left to, you know, Google and try and formulate all these things on our own. Which supplements should we be taking? Yeah. It it is crazy that that clinics don't encourage people to be all around healthy, I would say. I I can imagine that I took supplements anyway. I mean, yeah, but I didn't get a nutritionist, but I, I did like find my own supplements and take them. If I was a fertility clinic, I would be able to see that there's money in uh, yeah. nutrition. Yeah. Like that's a good stream of revenue there. Well, and Dr. Braverman, my reproductive immunologist, he actually formulates all his own supplements, mm-hmm. which are amazing. And he also has a meal service. And they're all anti-inflammatory meals. Yeah. Um, If you want to learn more about him, you can go to preventmiscarriage.com. He is amazing. He is our hero. And we will always 
talk about him. Yeah. Um, because he is just the man. Yeah, hundred percent. So if you're interested in supplements or meal plans or anything like that, it's it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, but if you're really invested, yeah, and you can swing it, you should look into it. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Number four, stay active. If you don't like to exercise, that's okay. There are plenty of other things you can do to stay active um, without hardcore exercise. Um, but staying active is good for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obviously good for your health. It improves your mood. So you'll be ready to take on the crap that's thrown your way. <laughs> is inevitably yes, in front of exactly. you. Yes, exactly. Now, I'm kind of being a hypocrite on this one because I don't exercise, but... I would say I do stay active. You walk a lot. I walk a lot. I like park pretty far away from my job. So I walk. It's not that long. It takes me like eight to nine minutes to walk from my car to my work. Okay. But, and I also work in an office, so I'm always trying to get up. I always, I take um, a smaller waddle, waddle, waddle. Waddle, waddle. I take a smaller water bottle to work. That way... It runs out quicker, so I have to keep getting up and going to get more water. Um, I also work on the third floor, so I try to take the stairs when I can. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I'm like defending myself to everyone. Yeah, but no one's questioning. No, I'm just you. saying that <laughs> there are plenty of things that you can do. Yeah. Um, if you have like a sedentary job, or something that you don't have an opportunity to really be active, or for me, I go to work tired. I stay tired all day. And then when I get home, I'm tired. Yeah. So working out to me is just not something that I want to do right now, but I do a lot of walking and I try yeah. to make sure and count my steps. Like I have a, an eye watch, so I always check my steps. Don't you love the way that everyone says an eye watch when it's called an Apple watch? Oh, I, it should be called an eye watch though. It you should. Know? I didn't know it was called an I guess Apple I did watch. know it was called yeah. an Apple Watch, but I thought it was an iWatch. Is well, it not? No, it's Apple Watch. Are you sure? 100%. I'm, willing I'm pretty to... sure my box says iWatch. Then you have a fake Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's real. My my watch is real. Now I'm defending myself another way. <laughs> Listen to you, so defensive. <laughs> um, anyways, I'll stop harping on about how active I am. Yeah, let's talk about how active I am. Not very. Not very at all. I play football once a week-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, that's soccer. Yeah. I, do, I don't have the frame for football, American football. Mm, nah, you'd get snapped in half. I could play against females. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do well. I don't know. I don't either. I could take you, so I don't no know. No way. You're scrappy. I'm you very are very scrappy. scrappy. But there's no way you could take me. You've got no upper body strength. We're going to take a quick intermission yeah, so I can beat right. the crap out of yeah, my husband. Get out of here, girl. <laughs> um, so yeah, stay active. This will come in handy. Trust me. Number five, ask for support. This is a tough one for me. I don't like to admit that I need help with things. No. I don't ask for help like I should probably, right? Um, You're a control freak, my young lady. I am. I am a control freak. But ask for support. Ask for help. Ask your husband to go to the grocery store. That's all I do anyway. I know. Daniel Uh, likes to go to the grocery store. 
That's it. And it really works out for me because I hate going. I used to like it, but mm-hmm. now it's become a chore that, and here's why. Let me go off on a side note. I'll get to the store and I have no plans. Not, not one plan. I may need milk or bread or the basics, mm-hmm. but that is not food. Like that is not food for the week. Well, it, it is for me. It is for you because you eat beans on toast or, or peanut butter toast. Exactly. Okay, but we're not all like you. So I need a whole meal of food. You are a whole meal of food type of girl. Yes. I need a whole meal of food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. And so because I'm not like cooking these days and I don't really want to cook, I go to the store and I just stand around in the aisles looking at things like... Yeah. Like a lost child. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not going to buy that because I know I'm not going to cook. Which is progress for you because you used to buy things and they would just go out and And that's the thing. I don't want to buy a bunch of stuff Yeah. and then not do anything with it. So if I don't have to go to the store, I can reserve some of that energy to maybe cook. (laughs) We'll (laughs) see. Let's not promise anything. Maybe. I tried to cook last night. Oh, yeah. That did not go well for you. It did not. Um, why didn't you tell them what happened? So, I was going to make a chicken vindaloo in the slow oh. cooker. And I chopped up the potatoes. I put them in there. I put the sauce all on. And then I started cutting the chicken. And it was bad. The chicken was bad. What did it do? Swear at you? <laughs> What sort of bad are we talking? <laughs> Michael Jackson bad? Uh, not that bad, but it was off. Like, yeah. it was not good. So, in in whatever way you need support, just ask for it. Mm-hmm. It might be difficult, um, but you'll probably have friends and family asking you if you need anything while you're going through yeah. IVF or, you know, if you're struggling and having a hard time, say, yeah, actually, pray for us, please. Yeah. Or hey, would you mind coming over tomorrow night for a girl's night? I just really need to, like, watch a chick flick and have some popcorn and, you know, some wine or whatever. Or can you cook me a casserole? Or could you cook me a casserole? I like that one. Have we ever eaten a casserole? Yeah. What is a casserole, exactly? (laughs) Like, I don't even know what it really is. It's It's a word. It's like a bake. It's a food in a pan baked. Why is it called a casserole? I don't know, Daniel. Let's move Weird on. Word. Number six, go to therapy. Therapy during life is a great idea, but fertility treatments, even better. Having someone you can meet with regularly to help you work through the more complex and complicated issues that come up is just good preventative care mm-hmm. for your mental health. I didn't get therapy um, during IVF, though I really did need it. You tried. I did try. There came a point where I was so low and Mm. I was at such a breaking point. I reached out to a few therapists in my area um, that were covered under our insurance. And these people claimed to specialize in infertility. You Mm -hmm. know, like it has a list of what they do. Marriage and family therapy, infertility, grief, whatever. And only one person responded to my email. And she said... I'm sorry, I don't do infertility, even though it was on her website. Yeah. And she referred me to someone else, and that person never responded to my email. So I was in the lowest place, Mm -hmm. and I don't think I pursued um, help 
in the way that I probably should have and needed. But at that time, it wasn't the right time. I probably should have already had that in place. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you're so low like that, reaching out for help is hard anyways. Uh And so when you're reaching out for help and you feel like nobody can help you, yeah. And you're so low, then you stop asking for help and you stop reaching out. Yeah. And that is the fact of the matter. That's how it goes. I That's think, why a lot of people don't get the help they need. Yeah. And I think to a degree, therapy, you always think of the word and you think of someone who specializes. Like a weakness or... Well, what I'm th- going down that point more of when you think of therapy, you think of a doctor, your therapy ended up coming from the community that you were part of. Absolutely. So I think there was a transition period where, yeah, you were looking for help. You were looking for someone to talk to. But then you really started to get into the community. And then that took up more of your time. And you saw that you weren't the only person going through these things. Yeah. And I do do think that that is invaluable to have people that are going through the same thing and who understand, who know. But I also think that... The Instagram TTC community is so diverse yeah. that not one person was going through what I was going through when I was going through it. Mm-hmm. And even though the Instagram community is an amazing place and you can lean on each other, encourage each other, sometimes, and you know, recently I've had to step away from Instagram for this reason, but sometimes seeing the bad news and seeing the good news mm-hmm. can trigger you in ways that you didn't expect. Yeah. Seeing, Either way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And so to have someone who's impartial, who you meet with regularly, yeah. who you're making progress with, I think is such a great, healthy thing to do. Yeah. Um, so look into it, you know, have it ready, have some names that you can reach out to if you're just starting with fertility treatments and things maybe start seeing someone now like again if you can swing it I'm not pretending like everybody can afford these things um, because I do know that therapy is not covered by everybody's insurance Mm -hmm. but if you can I think it's a really great thing to do for yourself to have that in place already because for me it was too late and I actually never did end up speaking with anyone and I just think it's there's a gap there there isn't a lot of infertility specialists Mm -hmm. um, who do therapy and it requires a different sort of compassion for people and understanding well let's face it infertility is two things one it's a secret right right so it's a secret and then two it's not a big deal to people who aren't going through it. That's true. It's not, you're not, it's not terminal. Yeah. Right. But you have to understand that just because it isn't a big deal to other people doesn't mean that it shouldn't have a lot of attention. That's the way I look at it anyway. I just wish there were more people that did infertility alone and that's all they did. I think there's a gap in that market Mm -hmm. and I really hope that I can do something about that someday because I see a need. Yeah. Working with clinics and hospitals to provide best practices Mm -hmm. for people who have just lost a baby. Should they have to sit there and recover 
in back-to-back rooms with women who've just had their babies and they're hearing babies cry. Yeah. No, they shouldn't. No. There should be a private space for those people. Likewise, telehealth, um, people who need to get therapy, who don't want to go in to the clinics. Um, Also working with fertility clinics, I think would be great to provide that support. I actually asked my nurse a while ago if they knew any infertility therapists, and she said no. And I'm just thinking, well, you have genetic counselors, yeah. you know, to talk about PGS testing and how those results might impact us psychologically and how we might take those. Well, they're, they're there to advise you about the implications of the genetic testing, but they're also there to talk about how you're feeling about yeah. it. So what about everything else? Why yeah. aren't they providing those services for patients? I don't know. Um, number seven, take time off of work. You'll of course need time off of work for some things like doctor's appointments and procedures and stuff like that. Recovery time. Recovery time, but take more time. Yeah, absolutely. Take, you know, say, okay, every month I'm going to take one day off. And I'm just going to do something lazy. Yeah, I'm going to do something lazy or I'm going to get some things done that I've needed to do that the weekend is just not enough. Or I'm going to take you know, tomorrow off for my egg retrieval, and then I'm going to take the following Monday off and make it like a really long weekend. Do things that keep you sane. Mm -hmm. Work can be a drain. I think the 40-hour work week is cruel and unusual, and I don't understand eight-hour days at work. I wish I worked a 40-hour work week. I think it's too much. You wish you did? Yeah. I work way more than 40 hours. Give me a 40-hour work week any week. Well, you are you choose to do that. I don't choose to do that. Well played. Anyways, take time off work, guys. Take time to decompress. Number eight, set realistic goals. You know, don't overbook yourself. Maybe getting through the work day is plenty for you. Don't agree to meet friends afterwards for dinner. That is the best advice. Unless you want to. Unless that's your self-care thing. But I'm just saying like set realistic goals. Don't make all these commitments that you really can't follow through with Mm -hmm. or don't want to do. You know when the weekend rolls around and you've got laundry, grocery shopping, and cleaning to do? Pick like one thing. Pick Mm -hmm. two things. Just set small goals for yourself that you can get through. This is a particularly difficult time in your life, so you don't need to do everything this weekend. You just don't. Nope. Set small goals, accomplish them, and cross things off your list if you need to. Small little victories. Small victories, yeah, exactly. Number nine. This is <laughs> this is 100% the way I cope with things. Number nine. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treating yourself could be going to dinner it could be getting a starbucks it could be taking a bath or going to yoga going to yoga it really could be anything that makes you feel like you've done something nice for yourself mm-hmm. go to home goods and buy something nice for yourself a new top you know if that makes you feel nice if that feels like a treat yeah do it do it absolutely permission granted You know, just anything, really. That's my favorite one. 
It is. It definitely is. Yeah, definitely. And finally, number 10, this is probably the most important one and it will encompass everything that you do. Have self-compassion. Don't beat yourself up for falling a little bit short if you feel like you're falling short during this time in your life. I felt really like just a sloth a lot of the time. You're putting your body through so much. You're putting your body through so much medication. You're putting your mind through things. And you don't have to be 100% on your A-game all the time. Mm -mm. And it's okay to not be. If you aren't feeling well, that's okay. You're probably not going to feel well. You're on a ton of medication. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be days you don't feel well, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Get in bed and lay down. Absolutely. Don't be like, oh, well, I've got, you know, I really need to, like, take the clothes out of the dryer. And, you know, because I'm that way. Like, there's 50,000 things to do. And if I'm not doing most of them, I don't feel productive. But one of the biggest lessons I learned through going through what we've been through the past two and a half years of fertility treatments is that it's okay. It's okay. Like I'm not any less of a person if I'm not getting everything on my to-do list done. Yep. Put yourself first. Do what you can and be okay with it. You know, if you're not the type to put yourself first, now is the time to allow yourself to do that. And people will understand, like your coworkers, your friends, your family, they'll understand. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, tough. Get rid of them. (laughs) Don't get rid of them. But just, (laughs) it doesn't matter if they don't understand. Um, But most people will. So just keep that in mind. And that's all we have for today. And the season. And the season. I hope that you guys are taking care of yourselves out there. This fertility crap can really become a ton of bricks that you're carrying around, Mm -hmm. especially when things are not working the way that they're supposed to, especially when you're having failure after failure after failure. And I know how that feels. It is so overwhelming. Yeah. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Love yourself. Put yourself first and cope the best way you can. Keep going. You can do it. I'm here for you. I'm walking alongside you. I see you and I know it's hard, but you've got to keep going. Keep going. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You can do it. You're going to get there. The rainbow will come. You can do it. We can do it. We'll do it together. Thanks for listening. I'm Daniel. And I'm Candice. Night. And goodbye.